0: Okay, let's get started with Parshas Vayigash, Tav Shin Pei Aleph, as we have, I think we say every year, maybe arguably, but maybe even not arguably, the most exciting emotional Parsha in the entire Torah. We had the cliffhanger at the end of last week's Parsha, where what's going to be? Yehuda's going to stand up. And uh, we have to try to put ourselves into the situation, of the story, as if we don't know what's going to happen. I said to one of my kids this week, isn't this the most exciting story? They're like, well, we know what happened already, so why is it so exciting? But we have to try to put ourselves into a situation where we, uh, as if, as if we're the players in the story. So, but gosh, you love Yehuda. Yehuda comes close, and Yehuda is a leader. Yehuda is a leader, but he's not an official leader. Yosef is really the leader. Let's start off with a general thought. A general thought relating to two leaders, two leaders that we have in in, in uh, Klal Yisrael. If you look in the Haggana Sheltoh, we're in source number one. Uh, we have the um, a thought from Reb Ben Zion Shnei manhigim Yisrael, hayula am Yisrael. There were two leaders that Bnei Yisrael had. Before they were Am Yisrael, meaning before the birth of the nation, we had two leaders. Yehuda was uh, a leader in the family, but he wasn't <laughs> a leader of the nation, so to speak, or not the nation, of the people. And that, of course, was Yosef and Moshe. Yosef and Moshe were leaders. Yosef was the leader of the, of, uh, the Bnei Yisrael when they came to Mitzrayim, and Moshe was the leader, obviously, when they were in Mitzrayim. So he, fascinatingly, makes parallels and contrasts between the two. There were many things that were parallel. But their reactions and how they acted were very different. Both were sent by Hashem to save B'nei Yisrael, at difficult times. Right, Yosef, there was a famine. He was sent before him, before anybody knew he was sent, but he was sent by HaKadosh Baruch Hu, And he was sent to save B'nei Yisrael. Moshe was sent to save B'nei Yisrael. Gam Yosef, v'gam Moshe, lo niskablu b'tchila al yidei and Besaver panim yafas. They were both rejected at the beginning. They both uh, had their leadership tested. Moshe goes. I didn't want to go, and he finally goes. And they say, "You made it worse. What's going on here?" Parshas v'era. We don't need this. And Yosef, of course, by his brothers. They both, so to speak, had to force their leadership. So they both had a difficult start, but they both did it. They were both there to save Am Yisrael. Aval al But they had very different, very different reactions, even opposite. If you think about it, not reactions, I should say actions, even not just reactions. Yosef no Yosef Mitzrayim, Gudal vechunach be'eretz Yisrael. Mitzrayim, Gudal Yisrael. Yosef was born in Eretz grew up in Eretz and he went to Mitzrayim, and he went to the Galus. Masha Mitraim and he pulled all the Jews down to Mitzrayim with him. And Moshe was exactly the opposite; he was born in Mitzrayim, and not only in Mitzrayim, he grew up in the palace of the king of Egypt. Moshe he does all he can to get back. Yosef started off in Eretz Canaan, and he went, and he pulled all the nation down with him to Mitzrayim. Moshe's the opposite. He starts off in Mitzrayim. He starts off in base Paro, and right when he realizes that he's not from there, then he goes in the other direction and eventually leads the way to get them exactly the opposite. Two leaders... Going in the opposite direction. Yosef, and he continues with the differences. Yosef stays in power. Stays in power. He keeps the mantle of leadership. Moshe was always looking to give up the mantle. Moshe was always looking, you know, somebody else could have Aaron And he always was ready to let others Yosef should have a base Aviv. This is all background. Yosef, that was Gudal and mechunach and educated in base Aviv. Kara shein beno habachar Menashe. Kinashani alakim eskalam aliv is called beis Aviv. Hashem help me forget. Vilum Moshe she Gudal vechunach Paro nizkar dafka with Aviv. Vayidal Moshe v'yetsi alechav he goes out. Okay, but says the Haggionas Shal Torah. V'yafal pishas neim ha'yushluche asgacha. And even though they were both sent by HaKadosh Baruch and therefore they have similarities, still they, they had Bechir to do what they had to do. And if you think about their Hashkafos, it's somewhat different. It's somewhat different. Line 28. Moshe and Yosef had different attitudes, and it could be partly because they lived at different times. But they're different models for us. Yosef, bismano lo es apasik es Yosef. Yosef didn't fathom the dangers that were in store for Am Yisrael. He did not have the attitude of, let's get out of here as soon as we can. It's gulous, it's dangerous. Yosef didn't have that attitude. He had the attitude of, we're here, we're going to survive here. Not only survive, we could thrive. We could lead. We could we could be 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 a driving force. Lo yada Yosef masakanet svuya begalus begalus shelo Zarchalo hashemesh. Yosef went up and up and up. Who ayelamishal la melech b'Israel? Vuchashav shu zricha sheinachras shkiya. He thought there was a zricha. No, this is where Am Yisrael will thrive and eventually get back. Yosef was the Jew in Gullus. He lived there, and he died there. And he stayed there. But Moshe, Moshe was born into the Gullus, but he saw the dangers. And he realized that another second in Mitzrayim, and we were done. And that's why he was the tool of HaKadosh Baruch Hu to get them out. He lived in Egypt and he felt the gullus, He felt like a stranger. He felt that he didn't belong. He knew. So Yosef was able, he had the attitude. And again, he didn't see the future. He didn't grow up in the dangers. Moshe grew up in the dangers. So there was Yosef, the Yosef model, and then there was the Moshe model. But then there's something even beyond that. And that's the Yaakov model. Yaakov, on his way down to Mitzrayim, Yosef's in Mitzrayim, Abba, come down, everything's fine and good. Yaakov, even before he got to Golis, he already knew the dangers that lurked there. And before he dies, he made that promise. This is not it. I don't even want to be buried here. Godel Yaakov mi Yosef. Yaakov, Hashem Yosef. You heard, Yosef's on top of the world. Yosef, Yaakov's like, I don't care. That's not where a Jew belongs. A Jew doesn't belong in Mitzrayim. He had to stop in Be'er Sheven. Hashem had to give him some chizuk on the way down. He knew that Gullus and every Gullus for the past thousands of years have been the same. It doesn't end well. There's never been a Gullus in Jewish history that has ended well. There are times of, of chesed. There are times of, of gilui panim. But it doesn't end well, and Yaakov knew that before he even went into the gullus. Yosef was in the gullus and felt that it was okay, and you could be mashpia. Moshe was in the gullus and says we have to get out of here. Yaakov was going into the gullus, and even though it looked positive, but he knew it's not a long-term plan. And therefore, we have to look at these models and, and take them and learn from them. When we're in Gulus and there's no way out of the Gulus and we have to be there, we have to try to do what we can to stay in our Goshen, but to thrive and to be mashpia and not mushpa and do what we can. But we have to recognize that Yosef is not the eternal model. Yosef is not where we're supposed to be forever. He says towards the, uh, towards the bottom, 41. Throughout the generations, there are that don't see the dangers. Because the Yosef model blinds us. We think it's okay to stay here. I'm going become the viceroy. I'm going to become the viceroy. Yosef is not an eternal model. And we have to at least have the Moshe model and maybe even the Yaakov model. Yaakov was able to see. Moshe felt it. Yaakov knew it even before it took place. And he says at the end, and if we'll say, well, we can't blame Yosef. We could blame those, so to speak, of the B'nai Yosef that have seen history. And we have to learn from our history and realize that Galus is not the ends, is not the goal of our, of our history. <speaking in Hebrew> and we have to recognize that we have to do our best to have the attitude that Yaakov is the Av of Gaulus. But he knew it's time to get back. And whenever we could get back, especially davening very, very hard to see peace of Yeshua and doing what we can to come to Eretz Israel. and davening so hard to finish to finish this terrible magaifa that we're in so the, wind, the doors could open and Jews from all over could come to Eretz Israel whenever they want. You know, that's something that we always have to recognize and keep in mind. Okay, moving right along. So now we get into the parsha and we have Yehuda's monologue. I think could be the longest speech in the Torah. I didn't, I didn't do the research, but it could be the longest speech in the Torah. The longest when somebody is not not giving almost like what do you mean Sefer Dvarim is the longest speech in the Torah. Moshe Rabbeinu was talking for six weeks, but in a conversation, in a story, right? Yehuda says, right, from Pasuk all the way, Pasuk Yitess through the end of the parak. Through pasuk la that's an amazing speech. But in that speech, he says you can't take Benjamin; it's going to kill our father. Our father says we went down. He goes through the whole story that occurred. And vayomer Abdul chavi elena teyidatim kistaim yodali ishti veetzehan meiti vayomer ach tarof tarof. reason that you all know that one was taken. I haven't seen him. We'll catch him. You're gonna take this one. Something's gonna to happen to him on the way. I'm gonna lose it. I'm gonna lose it. Why? Rashi. I'm gonna go down to my grave. In a, in, a, in a terrible state. Rashi. While Binyamin is with me, I miss I take comfort, important word. I take comfort in him on his mother and his brother. As long as he's here, I am comforted from his mother and his brother, from Rachel and Yosef. But if he dies, Dome Elisha Mesu But if he's taken, then I lose all three. I lose all three. What exactly does that mean? Why would it be that he lose all three? It's cumulative. It's cumulative, but why Dafka all three? So Revolbi here says in a, a very deep thought, and it. it's a simple thought, but it's so deep and, and it's it should give us chizuk. He discusses what what is nechama? Nechama, when we comfort, when we go to a shiva house, when we pay a shiva Zoom call, whenever we give nechama to someone, what are we doing by nechama? That's the word Rashi uses here. As long as Binyamin is here, I have Nechama from my other tragedies. What do we do when we say, You should have Nechama. There's a crucial message by Nechama. When we are living with each other, when we have friends, when we have a spouse, when we have family, we're machazic each other. What is machazik each other? We hold each other up. We give strength to each other. We don't let the other one fall. Even in the physical realm, when somebody's about to lose it, right? al you hear all, all the stories, LaHavdil, about the death march. So many people that just wanted to collapse, but everybody around them just took their arms and took them, machazik them physically. But that also, that also is in the, in the metaphysical sense, in the social sense, in the emotional sense. And when there is a loss, when somebody is passes on, notes are halal There's an empty space. There's an empty space in my life where that person was, where that person took the place that the person took over, took up in my heart, in my mind. That's empty now. So what happens if the place is empty? I fall. If there's space, I fall. I'm missing the other person who held me up. Because we all hold each other up. And when somebody's missing, then we feel like falling. If anybody's ever been through a tragedy, they lose somebody close. It feels like they're falling. They don't feel stable. So when we give Nechama and we're Mechazik, another person... And we try to literally fill the void. Nechama is when we don't let it be empty space. When we try to fill it and, and hold up our friend, our family member, our neighbor. That's what Nechama is. Nechama is holding up the other person so you don't fall into the abyss, into the space, the conceptual, emotional space that's created. The zebir, and that's the Pasuk we had back in Chayasara. Yitzchak brings Rivka into the tent. Yitzchak, until he had a wife, was, was falling. He was empty since he lost his mother. She held him up. She filled the space. She filled the void. So it's not just a ceremony when we're at a shiva house and we see, Hashem should give you... No, it's not just an external ceremony, a shell without an inside we're there, we're expressing we want to hold you up, we're there for you we're filling the void and Binyamin filled that void up until now the tremendous void that Yaakov had Yaakov had such a difficult life the tremendous void that he had after losing his wife and his son as long as Binyamin was there Binyamin filled the void and that's the Nechama Jacob that that's what we could ask Nachama, like what do you mean Joseph wasn't dead but the same message Jacob hayam esna'im benyamin shu huwa yemmalelo asakhaso lefima regaso the yavoi shibenyamin hayetso yirmi menu svivaso shala adam vekhabroso beko khamakhaso shalo yipo so it's a simple thought simple thought maybe it's obvious but it's but it's so strong and so true and that's why we have to know that from those who rakhamnal allah whoever would need Nachama. And for those who have to give nechama, those who have to give nechama for people who go through a difficulty, there's an emptiness there, and it's the menachemim's job to fill that emptiness, to fill the void, to be mechazik, to mechazik that other person. Again, obviously in an appropriate way, not to force ourselves onto the person, but to be able to do it in an appropriate, in an appropriate way, and the halacha demands of it, as we know, right? The mitzvah of shiva and nichum Avelim. That's a that's a chiv, that's not just a nice thing to do. Okay, so finally, Yosef can't hold back. I think we've discussed in the past, but why couldn't Yosef hold back when the brothers uh, uh, were misvade last week's parsha? So he cries and he could hold back. When he sees Binyamin, he goes and cries and he could hold back. And now all of a sudden, all of a sudden. So we discussed many years ago, maybe he finally sees that they did tshuva, right, they're not ready to part with their brother, maybe that was the whole point of this whole charade, Ramban, Abar and much discussed. So he can't hold back, now he's, that's it. Everybody out, everybody out. And he's alone, which maybe also some explain, he was showing his brothers that he trusts them. Right, they could have killed him, he, everybody else is out. He's alone with them. The most famous five words in the parsha: I am Yosef. I am Yosef. So they couldn't answer him. They were in shock. We should all. We should all try to put ourselves into the story. Into the story. We should. We should shake. We should. We should feel it. And the Medrash tells us, the Beis HaLevi, we spoke about 11 years ago, 12 years ago, whatever it is, the Beis HaLevi discusses what exactly is the message of the Medrash on this Pasuk. See, this year we'll do it from the Nesiva Shalom. The Nesiva Shalom quotes the Medrash, Woe to us on the Day of Judgment. Woe to us, Yosef, K'tanan Shal shvatem. Yosef was the, young, the smallest, the youngest Shavit involved in this discussion, besides Binyamin. He was younger than all of them, and they couldn't. They couldn't answer him. There was nothing to answer. When Hashem comes and gives tochacha according to each person, that's what the Beis HaLevi spoke about. Consistency. The Nesiv Shalom goes down a different path. He talks about the tochacha of Yosef. The Beis Halevi speaks about Haodavichai, those three words. The Nisiva Shalom speaks about the first two words. Ani Yosef. Ani Yosef, that's all, that's the Musr. That's the Tochacha. What does it mean for us? What does it mean for us? And as we'll see, the goal of our life is to have the Hakara of Ani Yosef. Or as we'll see, Ani Hashem. hayse hatevos ani Yosef. Two words. That was the tochacha. Ani Yosef But later on, Yosef says, come close. And then he says, I'm Yosef that you sold. Before, it's as if he identified himself, but he wasn't even telling the story. He was just making a point. Ani Yosef. So, so what is it? Vahabir Bazel, line 12. Sheim la'adam Adam apashut. Hatochacha most of us, most of us simple Jews, how do we, what's the Muser? <speaking in Hebrew> We're told how terrible you do Averis, it's terrible, Hashem is upset. Hashem doesn't want you to do this. And we all have to do Tshuva, what well, we might call Yeres Ha'onesh. But of course there's a higher level. <speaking in Hebrew> there's a much higher, deeper level of tochacha. That doesn't come from the fact that we focused on what we did, but we focus on who He is. Right? when we recognize who we're in front of, not even focusing on what I do, I just I just feel in awe. I feel small. I feel like like I have to I have to act in a certain way. And that's a an inspi- it's an awesome feeling, but it's also an inspiring feeling. Shibizmanima Gavoim Kashra Hashem is Barak Ozerli Hudi. The Yeshlo Hakarasapar when Hashem gives us Yad to the Shmaya to recognize him. And he reveals himself to us. Umargishlufremia ta'omid. Hareze Hatochakha Hagdola Biyoseravuro. That's the greatest tochacha. I start shaking and realize how great Hashem is. Again, you might say Godless Habore, shiftless Haadam. I might take those two views, but that's the message of Yosef. Ani Yosef. He realized they realized who Yosef was. It wasn't even about focusing on the sale. They realized who he was, how he was acting for their benefit, how he was just fulfilling nevuah of Hakadosh Baruch Hu. Whatever it is, just saying those two words, and they recognized who he was, and everything else about their lives fell into place at that moment. They reached the highest of levels when they all came together. They all came together, <laughs> and we have to realize, he says, that's that's what we have to recognize. Right line, the next column on line eight. When when we have those Yosef moments, when we feel something intensely during a davening, maybe it happens every couple of weeks when we feel like we're connected. Halavite should happen every day. But for most of us, every every few weeks, we want to live rally, we have that tefila, they're like, wow, that was a Davening. That was Hakarish Barak was Megala himself to us. And we have to take that. And we feel at that moment, busha. What's busha? Busha means it's embar- It's translated as embarrassment, but remember the Gemara Yuvamis, the three midas of a Jew, rahmanim, baishanim, begomli chasadim. Baishanim, baishanim doesn't only mean embarrassed. It means, what I might say, meek, small, in the presence of Hashem. And he even continues and says, Shabbos and Boshes have the same letters. Because Shabbos is when we most feel connected to Hashem. And maybe that's when we feel that we really have to get our lives in more of a direction. And we have to recognize. Again, he gets, talks a little bit more about the Midah of Yosef. We're not going to get into that now. About Shuka. But towards the end, he talks about that's when we see the Gavlosh Habore, HaKadosh Baruch Hu. We feel him. And we recognize that we have to do better not because focusing on our sins, but focusing on being his servants. And the schus it is to be his servants. So that's a Yosef. We have to live with an Ani Yosef recognition or just strive for those moments that he reveals himself to us. Okay, moving right along. So we have the meeting. So now we, they couldn't talk to him. Come close to me. Rashi says he showed them that he was Mahul, which is strange. The Mepharshim ask, All the Mitzrayim were Mahul also. Didn't Yosef make them get mila?" Okay. I am Yosef, who you sold. Don't be angry. It was all part of the divine plan. Okay, we spoke also about this in the past. as he saying that they don't have to do tshuva, they did not do anything wrong? Or at least, mitzidi. Me, as an object, Yosef is saying, I, I have no reason to take nakama revenge, because it was meant to happen. Mitzidcha, that's between you and God. But mitzidi, it's not up to me, that's the chinuf that we like to quote about nakama in Parshas Kidoshim. But he says, quickly go, go back to Abba, and, and bring him down. But then, it gets very emotional. What happens, he goes down and sees his brother Binyamin. Sees his brother Binyamin. Pasuk, doubt. He falls on the neck of Binyamin, his brother, and he cries. And Binyamin cries on his neck. So you read the pasuk, you just we just start crying because it's so emotional. And we could just think about, you know, in our day and age, the past eight, nine months, how there have been people in our family who we have not been able to visit. And imagine... Imagine the ability to go visit them, as we are Zocha now to live in the time period of the of the chesed of Hashem that He has given this this vaccine to be able to as Hashem end this, and we can start imagining what it will be like to hug our parents, our grandparents, and and that's something that was that was not on the radar recently. So we can imagine this was an emotional moment that for some reason Chazal taken out of the Pashab Shat, and they say, no, there's something deeper going on here. No, they're crying for the Batei Mikdash. Crying for the Batei Mikdash. Rashi, Yosef is crying on Binyamin's neck. Right, right. Binyamin, Besei mikdash went through Binyamin and Yehuda. The Mizbeach was all in Binyamin. So Yosef's crying for the Batei mikdash And Binyamin is crying for Mishkan Shilo. We are Yosef's portion. Al Mishkan Shilo Yosef b'chelko shel Yosef Le'Charef. So ask the Drash David. David said, why did Chazal do this? It's such a beautiful pasach as it is. right? Such an emotional pusik. And what they do, they they took it out of the pshat and they said, yeah, they're crying for the Batei Dash. Similar, if you want to think about it, later in the Parsha. Later in the Parsha. What happens? right? Yosef and Yaakov. Yosef and Yaakov finally greet each other. And what happens there? Again, something that is not the Pashup Shat. The Yaakov, Yaakov, Be'er Sheva, after he sees the Agalos, and then all the family names are listed. Let me just find the Pashuk od mem and again what does Rashi say oh Yaakov busy saying kriyishma so much lumdis. kriyishma well he was osik and keep it of aim osik be mitzvah patim a mitzvah was it the last second of kriyishma okay we've spoken about that in the past but why do Chazal do that what 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 in the text what in the text tipped off Chazal both there and here. That there's something deeper. Yes, they cried, but they also cried on another level. On another level. Miteba Advarim says the Drash David. Miteba Advarim haisa b'chia shal hitragshut v'simcha migodal asha Ukipshuto shal mikra. Emkein yeshlaven madua rashi Pirish b'chia z'u al-asid. Achor ben b'ayta Shows Madua lo hizkir p'pirusho afa. Why didn't he say p'shat and drash? Didn't even say the p'shat. As if there's something in the Pusik that leads him to not say that. So he says in both, there's something in the text. In both, there's something in the text. The later one is already pointed out by others. Because what does the Pusik say later on by Yosef and Yaakov? Vayipol al-Tzavarav, he fell on his neck, Vayifk al-Tzavarav, and he cried on his neck. It only says it in one direction. It only says it in one direction. That's strange. If it's just about crying, a father and a son that haven't seen each other in decades, so why is it only in one direction? So that's what he says on the left side. It must be that something else is going on here. Why didn't it say that Yaakov cried? He must be saying sh'ma, He must be doing something else. What else could he be doing? Saying sh'ma and all the different Shatim of why he was saying Shema. But that's what tipped them off. That's what tipped them off. What about our Pussek? What about our Pussek? Did something tip them off here? Says the Drash David, Venira Lomar, source number seven. What does it say in the next Pasik? He kissed them all. He gave them each a kiss and he cried with them. This Pasuk doesn't talk about, doesn't mention kissing. One would think if Neshikah is the ultimate show of love, right? Rashi says, Vayinashik, Hosif They just couldn't get enough of each other. So if that's the real show of emotion, so why didn't he do that to his brother, Yamin. There's no Nishika here. Ah, maybe that's what tipped him off. And again, every word in the Torah, if it's there or if it's not there, especially the contrast of one Pasuk to the next, there must be something deeper about this cry between Binyamin and Yosef. They're crying on each other's shoulders, but they're crying a deep cry. A deep cry. And related to that is an amazing suggestion by Rav answering the same thought in Soros number 8. Soros number 8, again, Rav discusses why did Chazal do this? Why the Chazal, when Yosef and Benjamin met, why did they Darshan? Same question. Ma'inyano shal beis migdash lo'osah beis ha Or even, he asked it a little more specifically. Why Davka the beis ha-migdash? Why Davka the beis Why is that something to cry on at this moment when the two brothers meet? Why the Davka crying on the beis ha-migdash, something in the future? Ma'inyano shal beis ha-migdash, lo'osa pekish Miragesh, Ben Benjamin pekish ha in Pakisha Zo Badaisholam Akha Bishlom Rayu, they ask each other how you do have a kolak and mitaris, masha of mazakashodu Besamigdash. Another question before we answer. Skip a couple of lines. Right, Yaakov and Rachel. We learned earlier. Bayisha Yaakov the Rachel when he first meets her, Bayisa es Kolo Vayev. Yakov sees Rachel and he and he cries. Why does he cry when he meets Rachel? Rashi, And he sees, he sees he will not, he will not be Zochet Tekfura with her. She won't be in Marasa Machpela. She won't be in Mara Samachpela. What does that have to do with this meeting between Yaakov and, and, and Rachel? What does that have to do with it? Explains Rav There's a connection between Yaakov and Rachel meeting Yosef and Binyamin meeting and the Beis Hamigdash and maybe even Marasa Machpela. Hashra'as Hashrina. He says it a little differently by Yaakov and Rachel. I'm just going to use his first part to answer the second part. He uses it a little more Kabbalistically, uh, metaphysically about the Yaakov and Rachel. But I'm going to use his first part and expand it. Avas Yisrael brings Hashra'as Hashrina. When families get together Ba'achtos, when families who have been separated for so long come together ba'achdus. That brings hashras HaShchina. Hashem is so happy when His children get together. There's Shechina when there's achdus. We know. Vayhi vishurin right? melech, Yachad Yisrael. When is Hashem the king? Right? That's said by, uh, by, uh, by many. So when Yosef and Benjamin meet, which created a hashra as hashchina, immediately thought about the Beis Hamikdash, because that's the ultimate place. Wa amito shel davar sheilazu ena sheilaklal. It's not even a question. Me achavare Beis Hamikdash inyanu hashra as hashchina. Klomar kesher im hakadosh baruch hu. Hashra as hashchina means Hashem connected to me. The name Seifok Yashela he keset hakadosh nichnas hakadosh baruch l'bakishasam. What are they thinking about the base of English for? That's basically asking where does Hashem come into this. The answer is because they're ba'achtos, and when there's achtos, there's hashras hashchina, hasimcha shahaisa b'pegishas yosef u'binyamin. shall achtos Israel shall yada shars hashchina v'kedusha. And that's that's a base Hamigdus message. And maybe one could say again, he says it all differently. Maybe that's what happened with Jacob and Rachel, because as we know. Isha Right when you have the Yud and the hay when there's Shalom Bayis in a house, when a husband and wife ultimately meet each other. So that brings Hashra Sashina. And that's what happened with Yaakov and Rachel, and that's why he thought of another Makam Kadosh. Marazamahpela, where people go to Davin. Right, so There's different uh, midrashim about where is the makom that the tefillahs go up. Some say, obviously, the Pirkei Derbalazar, Yerushalayim. Right? Shasham. Right? That's the Shara Shamayim Shamu. Pesach That's the Pirkei Derbalazar at Yerushalayim. But there are also sources about Chevron, about Mars Machpelah, about having Ashras Hashchina, in the place where our avos and imos were, and Racha wasn't going to be there. And that's why that was on Yaakov's mind. The message being when there's Achdus Yisrael, when there's a connection between a man and a woman and a husband and a wife, that brings Hashra HaShchina and that connects to the Makomo HaKadoshim. And that's why it was on the mind of our Avos, of Yosef, of Binyamin, of Yaakov and Rachel at the time, at least Yaakov, at the time that they met. Okay, one final, two final thoughts, one small one and one uh, a little more elaborate. First, a small one, which is, though, so, again, uh, such an intense thought. So obvious. But again, this is the Pasuk. That's the source for a topic that we all know. Member of Dalat HaKadosh Baruch Hu, pra- is talking to Yaakov on his way down. On his way down, Yaakov Avinu goes and he stops in beersheva Hashem says to him, halayla. Remember the Meshachachma a couple years ago? He's the only Av that av has a Maros Halayla. He's the Av of Lila, the Av of Golas. Remember that Meshechachma from a couple years ago. The only Av that has a Maris Halayla. Vayomer Yaakov Yaakov, Vayomer Ineni. One of the four people that Hashem calls twice. Yaakov Yaakov, I'm here. Vayomer Anochi Lokei Avicha Al Tir Merde Don't fear. Kilegai Gadol Sim Hashem. I'm going to make you a great nation. Anochi Eretim Chod Mitzrayim, V'Anochi Alcha Gamalo. But Yosi Veshishi Yado Don't worry. And he gets up and goes. He doesn't ask it as this, but I'm going to ask it as a question. What did Yaakov get out of this conversation that he didn't know before? Yaakov Lachora knew the promise to his grandfather. He knew the Brisbane Abbasarim. He knew that they were going to be strangers in a strange land, and they were going to go, and this was it. He felt it. He knew it. This was going to be the Legolas. So Hashem had to say, no, it's it's going to be true. It's going to be true. I'm going to, he's going to go down. I'm going to bring you up. Don't worry. Okay. So what did he learn in this conversation that he didn't know beforehand? The Nachlas Yaakov, the, the Nasivos, in his uh, commentary on the Torah, he doesn't ask that question. He just says, What's the double Lashon of Anochi A'alcha Gam Alo? And Anochi Eredimcha. Again, it's the Pasheb Shad of the Pasik, but this is the source, says the Nasivos of Imo Anochi Bitsara schinter be galusa it's not just that i'm going to take you out of galus i'm going with you to galus i'm with you in galus and that's how you know for sure i'm going to take you out of galus vil generus as the nasivos kibakhad sarasam lotzar the kasharanaknu be galus gamashrine be galus vil sehama shkon shalanu this is our security vizet amru vanohi averam gamatsrima I'm going to guard you. Already promised. This is something new. Hashem's not going to wait for them in Eretz Canaan. He's going to go with them, and then bring them back by the hands. That's how Jews go into Galus with Hakadosh Baruch Hu. So there's a, and that, P'sukim, we've discussed this in past also, P'sukim in, in Yechezkel, I think, describe how Hashem takes us by the hand. And, and when there's Jews in Golas, it's it's so to speak, a chilol Hashem. And every Jew that comes back to Eretz Yisrael, and every Jew that makes aliyah, is a kiddush Hashem. Because more of HaKadosh Baruch Hu Shechina returns out of the Golas, coming back to Eretz Yisrael. And that's what the Nachlas Yaakov says, Ein l'chamash there is no greater moshkon, greater security that we have than to know that Hashem goes to Galus with the Jewish people. Kibavada, he doesn't want to stay there, by the way. You know, the sooner he can get back, the better. So if people have the chance to get back, Kodesh Baruch Hu's not leaving, but Kodesh Baruch Hu's waiting for his presence to be fully prevalent and, and uh, realized. Ki yevakish laha'alas so that's a pasuk. That's a again. It's the pashat Shot of the pasuk, but we have to realize the significance that Hashem promises Yaakov, "I'm coming with you. I'm coming with you." A child that's very nervous, first time he's leaving his parents. I'm coming with you. Kodesh Baruch Hu says. Okay. The last thought again. It's a very. We're not going to go through the whole thing, but I gave you. It's a obviously a masterpiece of the Gur Arye, the Maharal. Discusses a topic that's discussed by many throughout, say, Fabrations. We discussed part of this a couple years ago, but I, I don't think I gave you, you know, we're not going to go through it all. I think five suggestions of the Gur he, he quotes it on the Pusik by Memvav Yud. Going through the family members, the Pusik says, Dina, Dina. Well, not really, Dina. Who were the children of Shimon? Yemuel, Yamin, Yamin, Ohad, Yachin, Sochar, Shaul ben Haknanis. Shaul ben Haknanis was one of Shimon's sons. So, his Ben Shimon married a Kananis. What does Rashi say? That really means Dina. Dina. Shimon married Dina. Ben Dina. Kanani, or. Why did they call it Kananis? Because she was first Nivala to a Canaanite. Right? She thought she would be vilified. And she thought they, she would be an outcast. Shimon says, don't worry, I'll take you. So, ask the Gerarie, ask the older Mepharshim. So, a brother married a sister? Shimon married Dina? How'd he marry, how'd he marry his sister? Eich? Nasa es achoso. Again, I didn't give you the beginning of it. I gave you a bunch of it. But he has five different suggestions. Each one of them, he has the lundus, and he goes back and forth. Please, look at it after. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but just to mention some of the highlights. Number one, he says, oh, maybe it's like the sheet in the gemara, that eyes is only paternal, not maternal. And this was only a maternal, um, maternal connection. Sorry, a paternal connection, not uh not uh, they shared they shared a um, a father. Achoso um, right the a sister a, a maternal sister is not usher. okay not for now maybe a day kasha he says a second suggestion Yeshma mafarshim on the bottom of the column kikshani Kodem matan torah mila achar mat shiny kode matram matan torah. The avos uh, chose to accept the Torah. But when they chose to accept the Torah, they were ki'ilu, becoming Jewish. In a certain sense, accepting it as a future Jew. This is a lumbest topic that we don't have time to get into now. The status of B'nai Noach. How do we look at B'nai Noach? Were they pre-Jewish? Were they mini-Jewish? My Rebbe of Rosenzweig once gave a sheer about all these different formulations mini jews pre jews not yet jews each one of those formulations has a different connotation but what were they? maybe they were not connected to the jewish people at all they were just b'nei Noach. but either way suggest the gerayeh once they accepted so you know what happens gershin is gaikun chanola when they accepted to do whatever mitzvahs they were going to do so it was as if they were converting in some sense therefore they were not related to any of their relatives and Mimela. Shimon was able to marry Dina, and maybe that's how Yaakov married two sisters, the Chulu, but that is all. Number two, he says, doesn't fit, to, according to many of the other answers. Okay, next page, the Eftel on the 13th line. This is an answer said by many, said by Rechaim Ar- and Rechaim Ivelazhin as well. And that is, they did call it Tarakula. but sometimes the Avos and now the Shvatim If they saw Baruch Kacham, that they were supposed to, quote unquote, violate a certain sin, so to speak, at a certain time, they did it. If they saw that that was supposed to be the case. Because again, it was all voluntary. So if they saw that there was a certain affair that they were supposed to violate, they did it. Yaakov wouldn't have been able to marry any other two sisters. Right. What does it say? Right? Yaakov says, What do you mean he didn't keep Tariyah Mitzvahs? Besides this, he kept Tariyah Mitzvahs. This one was Baruch Hakodesh. He had to do it. This was the birth of the Jewish people. But they were on a levels that they had special connections. And therefore, because it was all voluntary, they were able to be more flexible. So that's what he says. Other suggestions given. What are some of the other ones? Again, feel free to, uh, to go through this, um, maybe peruvu is different, but just the last one to mention. The last one is the one that's probably quoted by the by the in the name of the Gur but it's really number four or five here on the back page. He says maybe again this doesn't work with all the midrashim. Asseis versus los Asseis. The avos kept Kala Torakula achlo nitna mitzvah I think the examples that Chazal give, even the mitzvahs of Rabbanon. Tafshilin. Tavshilin. kept even Erev Tafshilin, But mitzvos, mitzvahs asei says the Gerarye, the, the, it makes sense to do mitzvahs asei because that's a reflection of Avaz Hashem. If you're not commanded in a low sase, maybe there's no reason not to do it. If Hashem didn't tell you yet not to do it. All the violations that we find of the Avos, the Isra of Matseva, the Isra of two sisters, the Isra of of uh, marrying an uncle and a, a, a niece and a, uh, I'm sorry, an aunt and an uncle, which were Moshe's parents. Um, so all of those are, viol- are los assays. It could be they kept the ases. That's what they were makabal. It doesn't work with Tariq Mitzvah Shamarti. It doesn't work with all the Midrashim. But again, this is uh, the discussion of the ger Again, the whole topic reflects that Torah, the history of Torah did not start at Harsinai. The reason that we are obligated in Torah started at Harsinai, but the history of Torah goes back even further. The history of mitzvos. The Rambam says this very eloquently in Pirish Mishnayis and Chulon and Davkuf, which we mentioned in the past, but the Ravim says there. There's a difference between the history of mitzvot and the reason that we have to do mitzvot. The reason we have to do mitzvot is Har Sinai, because Moshe Rabbeinu told us from our Akedah Baruch Hu. But the history of mitzvot is even earlier, and that's how we could project mitzvot to the avos, to the shvatim, and that's how this whole discussion comes of Shimon and Dina, and how it was possible if later on that became one of the one of the uh, arayos. Again, there are other suggestions in the Gur but we will. Leave it here. Again, let's just remember some of the other thoughts that we had. Let's remember Moshe and Yosef. Let's remember what Nechama is. True Nechama filling the void. Let's remember that Karish Baruch Hu comes into Gullus with us. And let's remember Hashras HaShechina is when Jews come together, when there's Shalom Bayis, Hashem. And we should always try to have the Ani Yosef feeling, Ani HaKodesh Baruch Hu feeling in our lives. Okay, we will stop here.